Well, good morning, everybody. Glad to see you here this morning. Hopefully, you've been having a great week. Hopefully, you're enjoying this great weather. It's too hot. I'm just saying now. Uh, it's way too hot. I don't like this temperature. About 60 degrees, I'd be fine all year round with hardly any humidity. But then when you live in that place, it snows and, and there's probably tornadoes. And it's like, no, don't, don't want any of that either. <sighs> yeah, you know, I, I lived up north. Uh, years ago, and uh, we were talking about people down here in Louisiana with snow, and I'm like, these people can't dri drive on dry ground. They don't need snow. You know, it's bad enough when it rains, <laughs> but for snow, no, just, just we don't need that down here because they don't know how to drive. <sighs> hey, listen, so if you look in your bulletin, I got something in there I want you to, to be aware of. Uh, so, so remember, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, tomorrow night at 7, we're going to have our online Bible study, right? We were going to do that through Right Now Media. Uh, the feature we were using in Right Now Media kind of went back to beta, so uh, it's not available to me anymore. I guess there were some bugs in there that I'm glad they found before we did. But that's okay. We have plan B. So what I'm going to do is, is uh, I'm going to broadcast it on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, you can go to either YouTube or Facebook to the uh, New Life Marksville pages. And you'll be able to chat. And so what will happen is, is you'll actually have to see me. I'll throw the video up there and I can pause it. And we can chat back and forth having a, a, a Bible study. Uh, it's going to be less than an hour. We're going to try to make sure it's, you know, it's not one of these marathons. If it turns out to be, then it is. But we're not planning on it being there. But so all you have to do is go to Facebook. If you go to Right Now Media, you're going to be all by yourself. Yeah. Just saying right now. <laughs> if you go to Right Now Media and... You, they never showed up. It's, it's kind of like uh, I was talking to my, my oldest son yesterday. And um, after they did all their workout and everything in New Orleans, they said, hey, we're going to go to this restaurant. It's right down the road. So he goes down there. He's sitting there. He orders his drink and everything. Man, it's taking him forever. They text him, where are you at? He said, I'm at the restaurant. No, you're not. We're at the restaurant. Yes, I am. I, there, there ain't nobody here. On two ends of the same shopping center, they had opened up the same restaurant, and the name was only slightly different. He was at the new one, they were at the old one. So he's like, can you give me this to go? So he takes it to go, he goes down and sets with it. <laughs> Who does that? It, it was some kind of a sushi place where they made the sushi and put it in a bowl for you without the wrapper. And there was two of those in one shopping center. So, so yeah, you will be all by yourself at Right Now Media if you go over there. Now, there's some great things to do while you're there, but you don't have to. So... I uh, just wanted you to make sure tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, to, to tune in with that. Also, if you have your children and we haven't given you your bags, we'll, we'll make sure somebody gets you a bag. We have the bulletins in there for them that they can color with four colors. And if you just leave your bag there after service, we'll make sure to swap it out for them, but just put their name on it. And also, bring the bulletins home, because I'm pulling the bulletins out and having to throw them away. Bring the bulletins home because there's lessons on there. There's Bible study lessons. If this thing keeps going the way it is, we're going to start putting children material in there for y'all from the children's department and, and, and to help, you know, do some children's ministry outside of this. We're hoping that, you know, we're not going to stay like this forever, but we're not in charge. Amen. We're not in charge. And I appreciate everybody helping us out with, you know, making sure that we seat properly and, and things like that, because, uh, you know, there has been some spikes in the virus and things like that. We're continuing to pray against it, but we're doing everything we can to disinfect and to do our part so that we can continue to have service, uh, so that we don't have to shut down 
And so make sure y'all help us with that. We have plenty of hand sanitizer. We have people out front that if you have to get up and go to the restroom, they're going to wipe the doors and all after. They're making sure that, that all that stuff is done for you. Amen. So uh, listen, let's, let's be praying for our nation. Uh, I know you guys are seeing this stuff on the news. It's just getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And uh, we, we see in the word of God that this is what's going to happen. You know, there, there's, there's problems coming up. There's, there's issues in our country that need to be dealt with. And only Jesus can solve them. Only Jesus can solve them. And, and now they're, they're taking over portions of a city. And I don't know what that's going to help and burnings. And so let's, let's pray for our nation. Pray that, that Jesus, his spirit would be poured out on our nation again. Because it's the only thing that's going to heal this, guys. It's not, nothing else is going to heal this. Only Jesus. If you flip to the other side of your bulletin, I have something right here for you. You cannot operate in the promised land the same way you did in Egypt. So you think about that for a second. You cannot operate in the promised land the way you did in Egypt. We're, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, like I told you Wednesday, I've got, I've got a word from the Lord for us. It's, it's going to be a little bit different on how we're going to structure all this today. But trust me, it's something that I believe it's time for us to really move forward. There, there's some things I'm going to share with you today I, I believe will challenge you, will encourage you. But hopefully it will empower you to the Holy Spirit that we can get there. Amen. Uh, so uh, also if uh, with the offerings and all, I appreciate everybody that's been continuing to give during this time. I know it's been difficult for some people. Uh, we have the buckets out front. We have envelopes that you can grab the envelope. If you pick up a pen, it's yours. We don't want it back. We don't want to have to clean pens. They're, they're cheap uh, compared to the time it takes. And Lysol is not always easy to find. So um, so if you pick up a pen, it's yours. Take it home with you. Just bring it back next week. But uh, we have the buckets out there where you can give there. You can also give uh, on our website. A lot of people are going on the website and giving at newlifeag.church. Uh, people around the world are, are tuning in. We have people from the radio station that are giving there. We, a lot of different ways that, that the church is making an impact right now. And uh, so thank you for giving. That, that helps us continue to do these things. It helps us be able to help people. Amen. So we're going to pray this morning, and we're going to do some worship. Amen. We're going we're gonna to enter into a time of worship. And uh, I don't know about you, but I want to hear something from the Lord. I want a word from the Lord this morning. I don't want to hear some preacher preach. I want a word from the Lord. And uh, if he doesn't show up, we might as well go home. <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah, if, if Jesus don't show up, we might as well go home because we're a country club. And uh, years ago, uh, I, I was a worship leader at a church, and, and we, we sang a song, and Right after that song, we stopped and we prayed. We sang a song, Pastor got up, he stopped and he prayed. We sang a song, he got up and prayed, and he's just like, we're hitting our head on a wall, man. It's like nobody wanted to do anything. And so we finally, he was just like, that's it, Rich, y'all sit down. They ain't going nowhere today. And he, and he finally, he stood up. I remember he was sitting about the second. Now, we only had about five pews in the building, so it's not like it was massive, okay? <laughs> our, our whole building could have probably fit between here and that wall right there. And uh, that was leaning on this wall, and that's the back door. And uh, but it had pews. And I remember pastor standing up and he said, guys, I think I saw the Holy Ghost leave. And if he did, I'm going with him. Y'all are on your own. And uh, we're just like, oh, boy. Uh, we ended up, the Holy Spirit did show up that day. But you know, it's us, man. We've got to pray. We've got to desire him. Because if we're not desiring a move of the Spirit in our life every day, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Amen. So we're going to pray and we're going to enter into some worship. So. Hopefully the, the kids have been enjoying themselves. We've been trying, I've been trying to be a little funnier along the way. I'm not generally all that funny, but uh, the kids have been doing great, man. I appreciate y'all. All of the children are being great and, and respectful. 
Yes, the Flores Bunch. I see Tootie over there. My grandkids. Yes, the Flores Bunch. No, I'm just picking at Tootie. Uh, hey, listen, you know what Wendy said last night? She said, well, the kids are getting to learn how to sit in church. <laughs> so, but anyways, all right, let me get rid of this because I want to. Oh, just remember also that so that I don't have to say this. When, when we get into, if we have a time of prayer up here, I have hand sanitizer right here. And as you noticed, if you were here Wednesday, if you missed Wednesday, you missed something. You need to go back and watch it. But I have hand sanitizer, a bowl of hand sanitizer right here. I dip my hands in there. I put the oil on and I'll anoint you. And then I come back and I clean my hand, put some more oil, and I'll anoint it. We're doing our part, right? The one thing we learned from Wednesday, though, is you got to wipe your hands with a rag after each one because alcohol and uh, that olive oil do not mix and it don't come off. <laughs> and it was really interesting holding the mic. You, that's what you should have saw Wednesday. It was interesting. But that's where we're doing it. We, we want to be able to pray for you. We want to be able to anoint you. We want the power of God to hit you and everything he wants. And if I got to dip my hand in hand sanitizer every time, I don't care. I'll do it. Amen. So come on. Let's stand up this morning. We're going to pray. And we're going to believe God that he is going to do some mighty things in this house. Father, we thank you that we get to be in your house today. Most of all, that we get to be in your presence. Because of Jesus, we get to be in your presence, Father. Lord, we ask right now that you would move in this place. God, I don't want a service where I just feel the wind blow. I don't want a time where I think I might have heard your voice. I want a time with you this morning where everything is changed. That we walk out of here different than we came in because we come here with a purpose, and it is to worship you. We came here with a purpose. It is to hear your voice. And I'm going to throw this one out there to you, and you need to start owning this one too. I came here with a purpose this morning that through the worship and my interaction with the Lord that it would make the demons in this region tremble. Come on. It would make them tremble. As they hear you worshiping in the midst of what you're going through, they would tremble because of the Spirit of God that's in you. So, Father, have your way in this place today, God. Continue to do a new thing in here, Lord. We, we invite you to have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, I want you to say amen this morning.
this morning hallelujah hallelujah all right so listen so I got to do this before we can move on this morning you can stay there where you're at hey go to that first sermon slide so you can so I can show you uh, the one from Wednesday this is what the Lord is speaking to us right now and that's why we we, we put the pause in here yeah the sermon the one that has the three pictures put the first slide up there for the pictures this is Egypt. Okay? Put the promised land up there. This is the promised land. Go back to Egypt. This we were comfortable with because we knew even though it was bondage, even though it, it made us submit to something we didn't like, right? When, when you read the word, they did not like being in bondage. They did not like being the way they were. God promised them the promised land. They had to work to get there. They had to come out of their old way to get to where God wanted them to go. Go ahead with the other picture. But this is where most of us stop. It looks good. It might even be good for fishing. It's got a little bit of shade. Probably builds you a house right there. But is it the promised land? No. Is it everything God said he has for you? No. But talking to somebody the other day, it's got just enough sand that it makes us feel comfortable again, but then it has the trees and the water that we like. But it's not where we're supposed to be. Most of us stop along the way. They wanted to stop along the way because this is going to take too long. Let's just go back. Let's go back. See, what if, and this is, this is something that, that I've been feeling and hearing constantly, what if this is where we stopped prior to the, to the pandemic? What if this is where the church sat, saying, we've got enough. We're reaching some people. They're getting saved. And God keeps saying, but I have more. I want to do more. Yeah, but God, we're comfortable. Our building's got a decent number of people in it. We've got great fellowship. We've got great, amazing food and desserts around here. Why do we need to move from here? Why from here? Because he says, I have something better for you, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to make you uncomfortable as you step forward and move into it. And you know what? You're going to have to fight some people to get it. They didn't just walk in and own it. God says, I want you to fight them as you go so you can learn to follow me and listen to me. And the very first one they fought, if you remember, they had to walk around quiet. 
Could you imagine them trying to walk around quiet when for 40 years they've been out in the desert and they're finally getting into the promised land. Now they got to shh. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, finally getting out of the desert, man. Finally moving out of this thing. I'm, I'm getting, finally moving out of the camper. Hallelujah. Going into a house. Hallelujah. And then God says, I want you to be quiet. You can't say nothing in the house. What are you talking about? <laughs> can't talk in my house. You see. What if God is trying to bring you more and you just keep getting comfortable and you're staying there? What if? Let's just think about it. What if God's trying to get you to make another step, to commit to him, to, to do things for him that you've never thought possible? What if? What if? I, I want to read a prayer to you that we're going to get into today in our scripture text. And I'm not going to keep you standing. We're going to worship here in just a minute. 1 Kings chapter 18. This is the story where Elijah has come in and called all the prophets of Baal. And he's built the altar, put the wood and put the bull and put all the water. And listen to the prayer that Elijah asked the Lord. Are any of us bold enough to ask this today? Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel... Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Look at this. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Would any of us step out that far and be that brazen? To say, God, I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to put the wood under it. I'm going to put the bowl on it. Oh, and I'm going to put 12 barrels of water around it so it can't burn. And all day long, the false prophets have been over there cutting himself and chanting to the false gods. And all I'm going to do, God, is what? God, you are the God of Israel. Hear your servant today and do what it is you said you would do. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Heal this person. Set them free. You see what I'm saying? Would any of us be that bold to pray a prayer like that? I think we need to pray it today. I do. I, I do. I've wrestled with this and wrestled with this to say, Lord, am I that brazen to stand up and say, answer me, Lord. Answer me. That people in this church will be set free. People in our region will be set free. And Lord, they will be set free not for, for our glory, not to fill a building so that people will know that you are God. That people will know that you have a servant in this land. That you have a people in this land. See, it ain't about one person praying it anymore. Because there was a prophet that heard from God and the rest of the people had to listen. But today we all hear from the voice of God with the Holy Spirit inside of us. We should all be praying that prayer that, God, I want you to answer. I need you to answer. I'm not going back anymore. It doesn't matter what I saw. It doesn't matter how I felt. It doesn't matter what I thought you didn't do in the past. But today I need an answer. I need your fire to fall today, God, and consume the, the altar, the offering, the offering that we bring today through worship and whatever it is. I need you to consume it, God. I need you to consume the wood. I need you to even lick up all the water. The impossibilities that the world says, there's no way that he can ever do that in your life. Nobody can do that in your life. Nobody can start fire when it has 12 barrels of water on it. But I know a God in a Boyle's Parish in Louisiana, in the United States of America. Amen. 
And we're going to get into some more things, but I needed you to bring you here this morning so we can deal with the rest of it. Because we're going to deal with some more things here in a little while. But are you that brave today to say, God, I need an answer today. I need you to move. I need a move, God. I need you to, to, to let me step out. Drag me out if you have to, Father. Drag me kicking and screaming if you have to. Because I can't stay here anymore. Because all I'm going to do right there is run out of fish and get a sunburn. There's no grapes there. There's no oil there. None of that stuff. I need a move. I need the Father to touch me.
this morning 
Gee, you ain't never heard it played like that before. Come on, worship. Come on, come on, worship. Come on, let it out. Come on, let it out this morning. Come on, act like you're walking into the promised land tomorrow. Come on, that should be a celebration. worship this morning. Come on, we're pulling another song. We can't end right here. We can't end right here.
us with this one. I got to slow it down just a minute because I, I really felt the Lord wanted me to do this song this morning. You don't even need the words up there, I promise you. There's power in the name of Jesus. We can do nothing separate from Jesus Christ. Nothing separate from Jesus.
give him praise this morning come on give him praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah y'all can go sit down for just a little while and uh you turn the lights on we're gonna be seated for just a little bit here i'm gonna want to bring you to some places here real quick i gotta i gotta read these scriptures to you gotta get some water hallelujah So Matt this morning in practice started letting loose in Revelation song. And it's like, well, we ain't never heard it played like this, but we like it. So we all just joined in with him because it was cool. Oh, thank you. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going we're gonna to look through something. I've got to bring you down this, this path here. I've got to bring you somewhere this morning that I, I believe the Lord is wanting us to go. And... Uh, We've got, to, we've got to really begin to, to look at things differently. We've got to look at things through a new set of eyes. We can't look at things through the eyes of the past. We have to look at things with what God is doing today. And there are things in our life that will hinder that. There are things in our life that will stop now from happening. So 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm, I'm going to kind of run through. If you read back through 17, there has been a play, uh, not a play, <laughs> there I guess it could have been a plague. There had been a famine in the land for seven years. And they had been trying to find Elijah so they could kill him. And they never could. Right? They never could kill him because Ahab was like, look what you've done to us. 
So now we get into verse 8, chapter 18, and inside chapter 18, you've got where, where Elijah finally comes out of hiding, and he goes and he finds uh, one, of, one of the king's men, and he starts talking to him about it. He says, go tell Ahab, I want to see him. And he's like, I'm not doing that because you know as well as I do, God's going to take you somewhere and the king's going to kill me because you ain't there. And so he promised him, no, I'm going to be there. So then they go, they do that. He sees the king. Now we're in verse 19. And he says this. Now I've got a lot of scripture. They're going to be on the screen as well. But I, I just need you to, to, to follow with. Well, actually, 19 is not going to be on there, I think. Y'all can follow. It says, now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring... 450 prophets of Baal, stop, 450 prophets of, of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Can I tell you, Jezebel is running rampant in this nation right now. That controlling spirit, she is not always just a seductive adultery spirit. She is a controlling spirit. She controlled Ahab. She controlled what Ahab did, all the other pieces. That spirit is running rampant in our nation today. Verse 20. So Ahab sent word through all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And the people would say nothing. Look at this. There are people today challenging the validity of God. There are people that challenge the very existence of God. We, we watched God's Not Dead 1 the other day again. You know, uh, it's just such a great movie. God's not dead, but yet everybody wants to say he is because he doesn't answer the prayers the way they want him to, so automatically he's dead, right? The people said nothing. They stayed quiet. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now, we know that wasn't true. Because we know there were some other prophets that were hid. But he thought he was the only one. But God always has a remnant. Amen. So he says, get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves. And let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood. But not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood. But not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God. And I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire. He is God. Now, one thing I liked about this, just kind of a side note, is the fact that Baal got to choose, Baal's prophets got to choose the choicest meats. Like, that one was going to make it actually happen. <laughs> Can I also tell you that, that there are things in our lives that we submit to that we really do think they're going to work anyways? Just saying. Then, where am I at? There we go, verse 25. Yep. Then all the people said, what you say is good. So they agreed with him. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls, prepare it first, since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull, given them, and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response, no one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping. It must be awkward. Oh, awakened, I'm sorry. Um, it must have been awkward for them. But how many of us 
would have bowed down and ran at that point. Because we're worried God won't show up. Like it's our fault that he don't show up. We can't bow down no more. We can't run. If somebody questions the, the, the authenticity of God, you're not defending God. You're defending what you believe. My God is alive. You prove to me that yours is alive. I don't have to prove you anything. All you got to do is look around. Nature proves God exists. My body proves God exists. Not to bow down to him. Well, you got to prove to me the scripture's real. Got to prove to you nothing. You proved to me that Darwin was right. Huh, Darwin was kicked out of the college because they found out he made it up. Go look at it. They threw all of his stuff out, but yet it's taught in our schools today as fact, and it was false. I don't have to prove nothing to you. Maybe he's sleeping and he needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until the blood flowed. Now, can I tell you, I would have been done right there. But anyways, I'm moving on. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Hmm. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. Oof. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of the descendants of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two sheets of seed, seeds, which is some pretty big bags. Uh, I, I looked it up earlier, but I forgot what the number was. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering. And on the wood. Now let me put this in picture for you. They're on top of Mark, Mount Carmel. Go get me four barrels of water. In a drought. If you go back and read into to the beginning of 18 and even into 17. They had to search around for the water and the green grass. So that they wouldn't have to kill the horses for the king. But now Elijah says bring me four barrels of water. I'd love to know where he got it from, honestly. But then he says, do it again. Now we're up to eight. How would you like to have been the people that had to go get them? Up the hill. Now it's more of a hill. It's not really a mountain. They call it Mount Carmel, but it's really. Now to us, it would be a mountain because it's taller than anything we have probably. Do it a third time, he ordered. Then they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. This should be a scripture you have, right? I don't know. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. And here we are. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people would know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. The wood, the stones, and the soil, and I love this, and licked up the water in the trench. Licked up the water in the trench. Fire coming down from heaven. No matches. When all the people saw this, they fell on their face, prostrate, and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then, of course, we know that He pulls them all together and He kills them. He kills all the false prophets. 
Jump down to verse 41, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to explain this to you. Verse 41, and Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. Now remember, there has been no rain in the land. All the false prophets are now dead. Elijah to the king, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Now, can I tell you that if it wouldn't have been his servant, he probably would have gave up after about three, like most of us do. God says, look, it's coming. You know, God, I've, I, I haven't looked enough. I haven't looked enough. I haven't prayed enough. I ain't doing this no more. You must be asleep, God. Do you even care? Do you even care I'm going through this? Do you even care that I'm going through all of this? That, that I'm trying to stand in faith in front of you, in front of all these people, and you're not showing up? Now we sound like the prophets of Baal. But the reality is, is that's where we live sometimes, right there. Because it doesn't, he doesn't answer when we want him to sometimes. It's when he wants and when he thinks it is the most necessary for it to happen. And sometimes the answer is not what we want. Sometimes it's not. But does that mean we don't ask? Does that mean we don't keep looking? Does that mean we don't keep looking? I'm, I'm looking for clouds. I'm looking. And Tootie's like, no, no more rain. I got hay in the field. I'm not looking for that kind of rain. I'm looking for spiritual rain. Look at this. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops, stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, the heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. He outsprinted the chariot all the way back. A lot of believers live in a famine mentality. We give up. A lot of us live halfway. You can put that halfway picture back up there. We live halfway. This is where we stop because we go for a while and we get tired. And that's so pretty. It is cool looking. I would love to go there. But I don't want to live there. You see, it's got just enough water to keep you from being thirsty. But I doubt it's a very pure water. You can't get rid of the famine in your land until you get rid of the false prophets and idols in your life. You can't get rid of the famine in your life until you get rid of the things that should not be there. And if we're going to be a people that are preparing ourselves for the soon coming return of our king, you better get rid of some things. Because the Bible is clear that there are many that will not go. Well, didn't I do this for you, Lord? Didn't I do that? Yeah, but I didn't know who you were, buddy. It's not about the prophecies coming through, the miracles or anything else. It's about the fact that we are a servant and we say, God, I'm going to put all these things away. You cannot get rid of the famine in your land until you get rid of the idols, the idol worship, and the false prophets. 
There are too many idols in our lives, too many things that we put before God. And can I tell you, I want to pull them all down. I don't care if it means we turn the TV off a little bit more. I don't care what it means. But you know what? I want to see the power of God work out there. And what if for just a moment, the reason it wouldn't work out there is because there was something in your life and that's why it wasn't working. I'm just throwing that up there so we can think. Let's, let's own something for a change. What if the people I'm praying with are not being healed because I am living in, a, in an area God says, I want you out of that. I'm going to touch them and do that, but you're not going to get to join in with it. I'm going to take care of those people you're praying for, but you're not going to see the blessing of it because you've got things in your life. We have to kill them, then the water will come down. The time of refreshing. But see, the other problem in this is that we get comfortable with the way things work. We like the way things are. We like the sand and the heat. It makes us feel good. Really? I don't like the heat. I'm sweating now. I hate heat. I'm telling you. I, I would like that for a couple of days. Now, there's no humidity there, so it, it would be totally different. But flip to the uh, promised land. Isn't it so much better to have what God wants for you instead of settling? Sometimes we settle for things, and God is trying to show us a different way of doing things. We just settle. Say, well, this is good enough, God. Ah, we anoint five people at church, and we pray for them. It's all good. I'm tired of praying for people and not seeing a move. Why do you think that we, we've been doing what we're doing? Because I sense a different direction in how God wants to do things. I'll be honest with you. I think the time of coming to church on a Sunday morning saying, I'm going to church to be fed today, is going away. I'm just being honest with you. If you're not eating at your house, all you're going to get here is, is the presence of God, which is amazing, and a direction or correction. If the only food you're eating is on a Sunday morning, you're going to starve to death. Th those days of three points in a poem, as we always joke around, I think are gone. Well, you have to say three points in a poem if you're a good, as soon as they got preacher or Pentecostal preacher. You have to have a poem in there somewhere. Uh, it's just an old joke. Some of you just did this and explained it to them later. I think that stuff's gone. If you've noticed, I haven't had three points or anything. Since we've come back, there's just one point. That's it, one point. And let's deal with it and deal with it and deal with it until we get it dead, right? Till we bring a life to it, till we kill it, till we move it out of the way. Whatever it is, let's deal with it. Why? Because the world is dying. And we need to be out there being used by God. And if we're stuck in here with problems... We're not able to help anybody. Doesn't mean you got to be perfect. It just means you got to get out of your old stinking thinking. The old ways. It's old stinking thinking. Now, I want to show you a picture of something that Pastor Scott Holmes had, had shared with us the other day, and I never ever thought about this scripture this way. And I'm like, Lord, it fits perfectly in with where we're going. Put up that, that title slide. You cannot operate in the promised land the same way you did in Egypt. Elijah couldn't operate the way he did in the cave when he stepped forward and built the altar. I'm the only one left. Nobody, God, you don't hear me. I wasn't in the wind. I wasn't in. No. But he must have clearly heard the voice of God. He had to learn to operate in a different way. He was hiding away, and now... Look what's happening. 
There's a difference here. What if God wants to do things differently? I can show you throughout the New Testament how Jesus was trying to show them a different way. That's what Jesus was constantly doing, was trying to show us a different, better way. A better way. If we'll just read it. Turn to Luke chapter 7. That's actually the one in your bulletin, some of it. I'm going to show you this. And I think this is really where, where, where we're at today. Who, which one of these people do we want to be? It's the same thing as, as what Elijah was saying. Luke chapter 7, go down to verse 11. Luke chapter 7, verse 11, look at this. This is where Jesus raises the widow woman son from the dead soon afterward jesus went to a town called nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him as he approached the town gate a dead person was being carried out the only son of his mother and she was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her look at that when the lord saw her his heart went out to her and he said don't cry now i'm going to stop right there for a moment this is their culture the guy died they have a funeral for him. They carry him out. They cry. This is their culture. Is there anything wrong with what they're doing? Doesn't seem to be. Doesn't seem to be at all. Sometimes we get so comfortable with where we are, it's not that it's bad. But something comes up. God walks in and says, can I show you something a little different? I don't know, God. It's, oh, this is how we got to do this, my baby. I'm not making light of the death. I'm just trying to, our mentality in the moment is the problem. Maybe the, maybe the problem is, is that you lost your job. Now you don't have any money and the rent's coming due. And God says, can, can I show you something? Can you trust me a little bit? But I got to make this much a week. I got to know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know. But can you trust me just a little bit? Yeah, but I got I, I, just, 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 you know, I can I'm almost imagine him up there sometimes. You know? Right? Like that post I did the other day on, on Facebook that uh, somebody put. For some of y'all, Jesus don't need to take the wheel. He needs to pull over and get his flip-flop off. You know? <laughs> I thought that was too funny, y'all. That was just too funny. Okay. So, so. You see what I'm saying? It's a mentality. It's not that what we were doing is necessarily wrong. But look what he says in verse 14. Then he went up and touched the bar. That's what they had him in. They were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Can I tell you that, that Jesus has called us to be used by him the same way? We should get into culture and say, can I show you off that way? But we don't. And I personally believe it's because we don't think it's going to happen. We don't think. You pour 12 barrels of water on there, there's no way this is going to light. 
but that's, that's, we're the ones saying that and we're pouring the water on it. We, we, our mentality is, is that we prayed that already. It don't work. I prayed for that person already. Look at them. They never change. Look at them. They never change. What if we changed our expectancy? To every time we pray to God, we expect it to happen. If every time we ask something, oh, by the way, the Bible says that. You have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask amiss. It also teaches that you cannot get because you have unforgiveness in your life. You have all against other people. You have sin. Uh, there, there's, there's things in there. It's just not like one of those little toy things that you just press the button, put 25 cents in, and it comes out. Because you know what? You can use a fake coin and still get something. It doesn't work that way with the kingdom. That doesn't mean God doesn't interrupt and do things sometimes. I'm talking about on a consistent basis. A consistent basis. Then he went up to him and touched him and said, get up. Get up. We've got to remove the things in our lives before we can see the things of God move in our lives. We may see small things. We may come in here and feel the presence of God. We, we may sense him speak to us. We, we may sense all of these things, but are we operating at the fullness? An eight-cylinder engine can run on four, but not very well. And it's going to be really hard to start, in it? But maybe if you got it running with the right stuff, you may be able to get it running, but it really wants all eight of them, doesn't it? And you may be able to run on seven, but here again, why not operate on all of them? God, what is it in my life today that I need to put up on the altar? What is it that I need to sacrifice? What is it I just need to kill and stomp out? Because it's stopping me from having everything you want. What is it? What is it that's stopping me from operating in the promised land the way you want me to? Is it my mentality? Is it my thought process? Is it people in my life that I need to get rid of? Can just be honest. Sometimes you just need to get rid of people. Is it Facebook you need to shut off? <laughs> is it the news we need to shut off? <laughs> Whatever it is. What is it that's stopping us from being everything God has called us to be? What is it? We can come in here week after week and feel the presence of God and worship and have the greatest time and walk out completely defeated. I don't want to be defeated anymore. I don't want to see God's people defeated anymore. During this time right now that seems to be so difficult, I want to see the people of God, the true believers, not the ones that wear the bracelets. I'm, I'm tired of the bracelets and the shirts. I want people that are walking around with the power of God, that are walking in love, not calling themselves a Christian and going out and doing things that just completely dishonor God. I'm talking about People that are walking in love, but they're walking in the fire of the Holy Spirit. The power to go out and help a dying world. And help people that are dying and that need somebody. That's what we need, church. We need to be that. Our church name is New Life. And why do we walk around like we're dead? I remember sometime, a long time ago, somebody made that comment when they were preaching. They said, they, you know, they were just talking about somebody always walking around like this. Like, really, listen, if that's Christianity, I don't want nothing to do with it because I'm happier than you are, you know. <laughs> you, your life is just busted and disgusted, man. I'm not serving Jesus, and I'm happier than you are. Get away from me. We've got to live a life of victory. 
And we can't when we've got so many things walking around in our lives that are preventing us from having the freedom. The world should look at you as a believer and say, that person is blessed. I want that. I want that. Not, I won't be nothing like them. But that's what happens. Guys, we've got to operate differently. So as God is, is moving the church forward in this season right now with all these things that are going on, we've got to find out how he wants us to operate out there. In here, we worship. In here, we love, we, we all those things. But when we walk out, God, how do you want me to worship you out there to bring you glory? Because he did not die for me to sit in here and just sing his name, Jesus, I will dance. He died so that I could live a life that glorifies him because I am his inheritance. The Bible talks about bringing crowns. You know what? I'm not going empty-handed. And if all I ever do is sit on the pew and sing hallelujah, I'm not going to get none. I'll get my crown of life, and that's about the only one I'll have. But there are other crowns, victory crowns, that I want to bring to him. We've got to learn to be overcomers. We've got to learn to attack the enemy I'm telling you, there are attacks going on right now in the spiritual realm that we need to be praying against, that we need to be fighting against. And I'm telling you, they are, they are powerful because he senses the time is short. He senses there's areas that he's losing. And if we're not careful, we will go back, way back, and he will build up new walls. He will build up new walls. Listen, I didn't preach way too long today anyways, but that's okay. We worship long, so I, I get my time now. If you need prayer today, I want, to pray, I want to pray for you. If you're here and you say, Pastor Rich, I need prayer because I want these things in my life. We're just going to be honest with things today. We're just going to be honest with it. There's things in your life you say, Pastor Rich, I need somebody to pray with me and agree with me that today it dies and it stays right here. Don't worry, we'll clean it up. We'll take it out for you. You're not going to come back and find it when, when you come back. We're going to lock the door so you can't come get it tonight. But if that's you today, I want you to come up here and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come up. I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to lead you in a prayer and watch God change your life. And maybe you're online and you're doing the same thing. So if you're here, I want you to just quickly come up so we can pray for you this morning. Just keep your distance and I'm going to make sure I pray for you. Just, just come find a place up here and I'm going to move this out of the way. I said, I'm going to lay my hand for you. Let's worship him this morning. Jesus. 
Father, I ask this morning, as you see these people that are here today, Lord, could I ask to be so bold? Ask right now, Lord, that as I pray with them and agree with them, that this thing would be killed completely, disintegrated right now in the name of Jesus. And that your fire would fall. The fire of the living God would come down again. And consume everything out. <laughs> and empower them to not only be a witness, but to have power to go forth and do your will. Father, I just want it right now. Fire. Just start telling him he reigns in my heart. Showers of mercy and yes, God. Come on, guys, y'all pray with me this morning. Come on, pray. There is freedom. Right now, I break it in the name of Jesus. I cut it right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name, I break it. Are you ready? There is freedom. I am free. I am free. Jesus set me free. Freedom reigns.
Guys, pray with me. Come on. Yes. We all been sitting at home for so long, used to something that we now we we got to get used to it again. Come on, keep praying with me. God's doing things up here today. guys, come on. guys we're almost done come on pray with me come on pray with me father have your way in this place
victory dance going on. <laughs> I see the victory dance going on. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you. <laughs> we all work together quite often, so we don't mind. Wouldn't do that to just anybody. But I do appreciate him. I tell you what, all of his abilities, man, the worship. Guys, let's leave here today and be different. Let's leave here today. I'm not thinking the way I did before. And I can't operate that way. You can't drive a standard like you do an automatic. Because you're just not going to go very far. You understand? You can't drive a standard like you do an automatic. Just don't work. You'll never get out of first gear. Or you'll never get out of reverse. It depends on which one you put it in. Amen. Hey, listen, I love you guys. Thank you for, for being here with us today. Thank you for the online audience as well. And uh, hey, go tell somebody about Jesus today. And you know what? Pray for them. If you're six feet apart, pray for them anyways. Don't matter. 
It don't matter. I don't always have to lay hands on everybody. I like to pray and, and touch. But I don't always have to. I don't always have to. Listen, I'll tell you a really quick story before I dismiss. When I, when I first got saved over in Jacksonville, Florida, they told me a story about my pastor's pastor from Chandler, Arizona. Uh, he had a hundred or so churches um, that, that he was over. And his life was just basically prayer and preaching. That's all he ever did, prayer and preaching. And so he administered for them, and uh, they went to eat. And they said they were on their way over there, and they noticed this car just whipped around the middle of the road and got right up on them. They get to the restaurant. Three guys get out of the car. They're like, what's up? Now, my pastor was big, tall, handlebar mustache. He was a former leader of Hell's Angels. This, pastor Meyer was nothing to play with, okay? He was just big man intimidating. But the minute he started talking, you knew he wouldn't hurt you, <laughs> you know, unless you were going to hurt one of his family. And so they're like, okay, so they go sit down. They said the pastor, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He wouldn't speak. He just sat there at the table, just mumbling. Just mumbling. And they're all talking, ordering food, and he's just mumbling. And all of a sudden, he picks his head up, he smiles, he says, amen. And they, th they heard three thumps behind him. They leaned out. All three of them guys were laid on the table. He, they, they're out in spirit. He said, they were coming to do me harm. He said, but well, we took care of that. And they turned me off. You laugh, but that stuff happens. It's true. You don't always have to touch. But let me tell you, you got to fight. Because the fight is on. I've been sensing the fight. I know Jose, me and him talk about it. He's been sensing the fight. I know there's others in here as well. We've got to fight because the devil wants it back. And we're not giving up what we have taken. And now he wants us to get comfortable about not laying hands and not praying and not doing. But we're not going there. And I'm going to stop before I start preaching again. But anyways, hey, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Facebook Live, be there. We're going we're gonna to try this, see how this works. Uh, if you have an offering or anything, we have some buckets out there that uh, you can give into the red buckets. And Wednesday night, don't miss Wednesday night because I can't tell you what's going to happen. We, we weren't expecting last Wednesday to go that way, just be honest with you, or the Wednesday before that. We're just letting God lead the Wednesdays the way He wants, and uh, man, we've just been enjoying it. It's just uh, it's a season of new. Let's be new, amen? Turn lights on. Amen. Well, let me bless you. Stand up. Father, I bless your people today. Lord, I speak health into their lives and into their families in the name of Jesus. Lord, everything they put their hands on shall be blessed, and it will multiply. Every need they have has been met in the power and of the name of Jesus Christ by your supply, Lord. And their homes have peace so that they can rest. So I bless them as they leave today. In the battery may have died, I don't know. <laughs> that means stop. No.